This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. And we are now turning to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 9, to look at how to do God's will from our hearts. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there's no favoritism with him. Let's pray. Our great and awesome God, we love you and praise you, and we come before you with thanksgiving for your word. You have clearly revealed your will in your word, and we want to obey it, and we want to obey it from our hearts. And so, Father, we ask that you would speak to us today. Show us how we may obey your will from our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This series is uh, coming close to wrapping up. Next week will be the last in the series, Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through the end, which would be about spiritual warfare. But today, we're asking the question, how can we do God's will from our heart? Okay, let's see here. Which button can I press? I have a new clicker, it's on, and it's not moving anything. Okay, so I'm going to need assistance, I, I believe. Doing God's will from your heart, Ephesians 6, 1 and 9, and the next slide. Okay, there you go. Four things from our passage. Number one. If we're to do God's will from our heart, we have to first understand what the will of God is. Secondly, we are to train disciples with encouragement according to the will of God. We are to obey God as unto the Lord himself. And we're to treat people with dignity and respect. All of this is the will of God. 
So first of all, understand what the will of God is. Did you notice that in Ephesians chapter 5, it says in verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. When Paul was writing to the Christians in Ephesus, he says there's a lot of pagan living. People who are living for the world, and they're in the dark. Literally and spiritually, they are doing their shenanigans when lights are down and when it's in the pitch of night. But you are children of light, and you are to bear fruit of everything that's good and right and true. And you are to understand what the Lord's will is. In verse 10, he says, find out what pleases the Lord. And I want to dedicate this sermon to Donna because Donna Stewart uh, has told me that the Lord placed on her heart this very phrase, do the will of God. She's about that. And when she hears that phrase, her ears perk up and her heart opens up and she's like, tell me more. So Donna, thank you for your example of wanting to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. To understand the will of God is to understand the Word of God because God has revealed His will in His Word. This tells us what's right, what's wrong, what God wants us to value and prioritize. God's Word is His revealed will. So we must grow in understanding God's Word. When you were young, you may not have thought that uh, lying was bad. What's wrong with a little lie? A little white lie once in a while. But as you grow in understanding God's word, and you read about how we're not to lie to one another, Ephesians chapter 4, then the Holy Spirit sensitizes you to your words, and you want to be obedient to the scriptures, to the will of God, because God says so. But not just because God says so, but because you love God. Because you love God, you want to obey God. Now here's what's so fascinating. Children are to obey their parents for three reasons. Number one, because it's the right thing to do. Number two, because it's commanded. And number three, because it brings blessing. Now let's read this in verses 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Do you see here the three motivations for obedience? We're to obey as unto the Lord, because we're in the Lord, we're in the sphere of the Lord's power and love and salvation and kingdom, and for that reason, being in the sphere of the Lord, we want to do what's right. We want to do it because the Lord commands us to do it, And we want to do it because God's going to bless us. Life will go better for us, and we'll enjoy a good long life on earth. 
if we're obedient to our parents. It makes sense. Praise be to God that you cannot lose when you put God first. When you want to glorify God, He will bless you and you will be the beneficiary of that. Not surprisingly, the words of our Lord Jesus underscore this truth in John 14, 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. We are to obey God's will from our hearts willingly and voluntarily because we love him. And so the Lord is saying, if you love me, you'll obey me. Don't give me lip service. I love you, but I don't do what you tell me to do. That's not love. If you love me, you'll obey me. And when you obey me, let me tell you something. You get special attention, special love, and special revelation. I will bless you. I will open doors for you. I will lead and guide you because you have a love for me that I will reward in this life and in the life to come. I will bless you. That's a promise from the Lord. Why should we obey God from our hearts? Because there's great reward and blessing in doing so. Because we love him, we want to obey him. You know, the young man said, I don't have time for anything in my life. Then he got a girlfriend. Suddenly he found tons of time to spend with her. What's the deal? The deal is we find time for that which we deem as important. And if we deem the Lord as important, we will make him a priority in our lives. We will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But secondly, if we're to do God's will from our heart, we need to understand that training disciples with encouragement is God's will for us. Now, here it says, fathers or parents, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, we might think this only applies to fathers. It doesn't. It applies for, to fathers and mothers. It, we may think it only applies to fathers and mothers. It doesn't. It applies to all Christians. Because Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I've taught you, and I will be with you always to the end of the age. Jesus gave us the great commission, which is to make followers, learners of him. So whether you're a parent or a uh, Christian in the marketplace or in, in the education or in any realm, we're all disciple makers, aren't we? And the way we are to grow disciples is through love and encouragement and instruction in the Word of God. I have to tell you a true story about a sales meeting 
and they were trying to get a point across, and the way they did it is they formed a little obstacle course, and they blindfolded one of the participants. And whenever one of the partic that participant with the blindfold was trying to make his way through the obstacle course, and he turned the wrong way, they would all boo. And then he'd have to turn the other way. But that would be wrong, so they'd boo him again. You can imagine how frustrating and discouraging that was. It took him 15 whole minutes to complete the obstacle course, at the end of which he took off his blindfold and he threw it on the ground and humiliated, he walked out of the room. Then they did it again. Same obstacle course, same blindfold. Only this time, they had everybody cheer every time he took a right, a correct turn. He completed the obstacle course in three minutes. And he was full of excitement and joy. We're not to exasperate, we're to encourage. I read a book called Zap. Z-A-P exclamation mark. We're to zap people. We're to encourage them. And in this book, the opposite was sap. S-A-P with an upside down exclamation mark. You know the difference. When you zap someone, you inspire them, you encourage them, you lift them up. When you sap someone, you put someone down, you discourage them, you knock the wind out of their sails. We are to train disciples, whether they are children or whether they are younger in the faith, in our sphere of influence, with encouragement. With encouragement. That is doing God's will from our hearts. Now this third one is so important. We are to obey the Lord as unto the Lord himself. We're to obey those in our sphere of influence as unto the Lord. And we see this very clearly in the scripture. Ephesians 6, 5-6. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart just as you would obey Christ. So imagine your boss comes to you and uh, he asks you to do something. Are you going to give him lip? Are you going to give him attitude? Are you going to say, yes, sir? Well, if Jesus came to you and he asked you to do something, what would you say? Aye, aye, captain. Whatever you want, Lord, I'm happy to serve you. Well, do that to your boss. That's how this applies. When you see other people as if you're serving Christ himself, it makes a world of difference. Mother Teresa saw the poorest of the poor in Calcutta, India, dying on the side of the street. And she gathered them up and she brought them into a place so they could die with privacy and dignity and surrounded by love. 
Malcolm Mugridge was a skeptic. He was critical, he had a sharp tongue, and he was the editor of Punch magazine in Great Britain. Talk about sarcasm and talk about cutting people down. He was the master of it. He decided he was going to do a uh, study of Mother Teresa. So he brought a cameraman with him, and they went to the place of dying. And the cameraman says, it's too dark in here. It's not going to show on the film. Malcolm Muggeridge said, go ahead and, and film anyway. He did. They saw Mother Teresa and the others loving on these people who were left to die on the street, receiving care and love and attention. And when they got back home to Great Britain, the cameraman was in shock because they could see in the room. There was a glow in the camera film that could only be explained as miraculous. It could only be explained as the love of God that was in that room. You know what happened to Malcolm Muggeridge? He became a Christian. That skeptic, that critic, became a follower of Christ to pass on that kind of love that he saw. Why? Because Mother Teresa saw every person as if they were Christ himself. One day in the judgment, the Lord's going to separate the sheep from the goats, and he's going to say to the sheep, you know, you ministered to me when I was poor and hungry, I was in prison, I was naked, and you took care of me. And the sheep are going to say, Lord, when did we do that? And he's going to say, when you did it to the least of the brethren, you did it as unto me. So we are to obey as unto the Lord. Now, if that didn't get across, he repeats it. Obey them, not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, eye service, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. The word slave is doulos. It means bondservant. And so when a person served under a slave, and by the way, there were six million slaves in Rome during the time of Paul in the Roman Empire. When a slave was under a master, and he liked that master, and the master treated him well, he said, you know what? I want to be a doulos, a bondservant. I want to be your slave for life willingly. And they would go to the door, and the slave's earlobe would be put on the door, and an awe, a W-L, would be drilled into his ear. He would get an ear piercing and have an earring, and that represented he was a bondservant, a doulos of his master. That is, that he purposely, willingly wanted to serve this particular master. Paul calls himself a doulos. He calls himself a bondservant of the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. The Lord is my only master. I willingly, voluntarily, lovingly follow Jesus. That was his attitude. And so when you're a slave of Christ, you serve Christ and you serve the people in your life as if 
they were Christ. Would that radically change your life? Would that radically change your world if you saw everybody like Jesus himself and sought to love them and respect them and care for them? When you do that, you are doing the will of God from your heart. But it doesn't stop there. Verses 7 and 8. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were what? Serving the Lord. How many times has the emphasis of doing it as unto the Lord come about in these three verses? Three times. Three times. The point is very clear. If I'm going to do the will of God from my heart, I have to do it as unto the Lord himself. And when I do it that way, I do it wholeheartedly. You know, when we pray the model prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do you think the angels do the will of God? I think they do it immediately and lovingly and completely, don't you? We want to do God's will without hesitation. We want to do God's will completely and sincerely and conscientiously and with our whole being. We want to serve wholeheartedly. We're not people pleasers. We're living for the applause of one, the Lord Jesus. We want to hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now, do you see something extra special here? It says, when you serve wholeheartedly as if serving the Lord, not people, you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. Isn't that not an encouragement? When you seek to bless the Lord, you will be blessed. When you obey the Lord, you will be rewarded. One day you will be rewarded for your faithfulness unto the Lord. When you come before the judgment seat of Christ, the bema seat of Christ, he will reward you for all that you have done that has been worthwhile for him in the kingdom. And everything that's worthless, that will be burned away like haywood and stubble. But you will be rewarded. You will be crowned. And that's all more, the more incentive to be faithful now. Finally, to do God's will from our heart, we're to treat people with dignity and respect. Ephesians 6, 9. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Okay, what is he referring to? He says, with respect and fear, with sincerity of heart, that is where we're to respect, uh, treat people with dignity and respect in the same way. We're not to threaten them, but we are to... Uh, realize that their master and ours is in heaven and there's no favoritism with him. The Lord sees exactly how we treat other people <clears throat> and he will hold us to account. The bottom line is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Right? Treat them with dignity and respect. When you do that, with regards to your relationships, you are doing God's will 
from your heart. So doing God's will from your heart with respect to relationships is understanding what the will of God is by growing and knowing God's word. It's training up disciples with encouragement and the instruction of God's um, word. It is obeying as unto the Lord himself, and it's treating people with dignity and respect. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And though these are instructions to children and to parents and to masters and to uh, workers, these are instructions to us. Because we want to serve you. We want to love you. We want to obey you. We want to do your will from our heart. We surrender ourselves to you afresh. Jesus, you are our Savior and our Lord. You gave yourself out of obedience. You humbled yourself. And every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father because of your obedience. And we thank you for that. Help us to follow your example and let your spirit in us motivate us and move us and energize us to do your will from our hearts. We pray this in your name, Jesus, with thanksgiving. Amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.